Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Come to us, JP! Hey, yo, 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 bring it in. Hey, this is the moment right here. This is the moment we all been waiting for, dog. This is our moment, man. We're going to protect this with everything you know. We have entered the final week of the preseason. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the Houston Texans, and you are listening to Season 1, Episode 7 of the Believe in Bucks podcast. What's up, everyone? My name's Evan Winter, your host of this wonderful show. You can catch me on Twitter, at Evan underscore Winter. You can find my written work on BucksReport.com. And don't forget to check out the plethora of amazing podcasts that Believe podcasts have to offer on Believe.com. Or check out the Twitter handle at Believe Podcasts. And don't forget that's spelled B L E A V. You can find this podcast on pretty much all the major platforms that podcasts are available on iTunes, Amazon, uh, Spotify, Stitcher. Man, I'm almost 33 years old. So, like, I'm right in that middle area, like, to where I'm still old school when it comes to technology and new school at the same time. But that's really the extent of the podcast platforms that I am familiar with, so forgive me if I don't list all the right names, but hey, that's where you can check us out. I hope all of you are doing well out there. I took the week off last week, had some things I had to handle, plus, you know, Titans, Bucks, we all kind of knew how that was going to go outside of the score in terms of player personnel, so just figured I would wait and, you know, kind of have one last big show for the final preseason game. And sure enough, here we are, so let's get cracking. The Bucks are obviously coming off that just absolutely terrible loss to the Tennessee Titans, 34-3 last week. You know, I don't care if it's preseason, that game was just absolutely abysmal. I was ready to claw my eyes out over the last 10 minutes. I was having to do the recap for Bucks Report, and my God, my, like, for those final 10 minutes, I just wanted to type in at the end of the article, you know, this game sucked. Go Google the final score for yourself. (laughs) I mean, I wanted to bail so bad. But because I love all of you so much and because I also have a job to do, uh, I continued to watch and finished out the game. And, I mean, even watching the tape was just as bad. Uh, Well, I say tape with air quotes because, as many of you know, the All-22 has been taken from us by the wonderful warlords over at NFL Game Pass. Just so stupid. Like, I mean... Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do we'll have a separate conversation about that later on down the the road. But let's just put it that way. So from watching from the broadcast angle, reviewing the tape was even worse. Um, just not good in many facets of the game for the Bucks. But hey, fortunately we're not here to talk about that. But we do have to mention it because based off of Tampa Bay's first two preseason games. They have to come out against the Texans on Saturday night and play well. I mean, it's not going to determine their season if they don't come out and play well, but you want to have momentum going into the season. You want to find out at least what you're good at in a small sample size so you can work on those things going into the season and then obviously concentrate on the things you're not so good at. You know, I mean, it just helps narrow down your focus as a coaching staff, as a team, as a player, you know, so on and so forth. So the Bucks do need to play well on Saturday night, and we know that the starters are going to be in there for the full first half. Bruce Arians even said a couple of days ago 
that if the starters don't play well in that first half, that they will play into the third quarter. So now obviously that's where we get into the conversation of do you want a 44-year-old quarterback? Do you want a 35-year-old defensive tackle? Do you want a 34-year-old wide receiver, blah, blah, blah? Do you want those guys out there on the field at the start of the second half in a third preseason game? My answer would be no. So the honest is on the Bucks to play well in this first half and get the hell out of there so that way, A, they can stay healthy going into the season, which, quick side note, best have been the biggest positive outside of Joe Tryon this preseason is the Bucks have stayed healthy. Yeah, you heard that knock on wood. So, I mean, if let's say Tampa Bay comes out and gets smoked again on Saturday, as long as they come out healthy, yeah, it's not going to be a good look. But at the same time, at least they're healthy and you can do so much more when you're healthy in the NFL. But anyways, the other obvious advantage would be, hey, they played well and they figured out what they're good at to an extent and what they're not good at. So they have plenty to work on over the next two weeks leading up, or I should say the week and a half, leading up to the Dallas Cowboys opener. So we know the starters are going to play the first half, like I just mentioned. Which of those starters need to play well in this game? Really none of them do. Because really all of the starting positions are solidified. Now granted, there are two positions that come to the top of my mind. Um, in terms of the 22 starters on the field on offense and defense. We're not talking special teams just yet. And that's running back, obviously, which Arians even said, I think, last week that the running back competition doesn't matter. And he meant that in terms of the guys are going to split carries anyway. So whoever is the starter on the field, and you all know how I feel about labeling somebody as a starter, uh, it's not really going to matter because at the end of the day, both Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones are likely going to see a lot of the same action. You know, obviously Gio will get sprinkled in there on third down, so on and so forth. But obviously Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette, even Gio Bernard, they need to have a good game in that first half. They need to play well. And then the other position would be right guard with Alex Kappa. Um, he struggled a little bit in this preseason. And Aaron Stinney, I mean, he's been playing pretty well. And obviously we know what he did in the playoffs last year. And fortunately – Arians gave Kappa the vote of confidence a couple days ago when he said it's Cap's job to lose. But at the same time, with how Stinney played in those playoffs, with how he's been so far in camp, he's been solid. Same thing with the preseason. Kappa comes out and struggles. Who knows? I don't want a rotation on the offensive line. That just sounds like an absolutely terrible idea because we know how much offensive lines are built off cohesion. And just to take a guy away who might have a little bit of rust, who might not be performing like his usual self after he fractured his ankle, just does not sound conducive. It does not sound like a good idea, especially since Cap has been back since OTAs. You know, it's not like he's just now getting thrown back into the training camp. So he's been there. He he should have had plenty of time to get reacquainted with himself and with his fellow four starting offensive linemen. And one reason why you got to think he struggled a little bit is because he's been playing with backups. You know, and I'm not, no disrespect to Brad Sitton, you know, uh, uh, Nick Leverett, you know, whoever's just been out around Alex Kappa, but it's not the same thing as playing with Tristan Wirfs on your right side and Ryan Jensen on your left. I mean, come on, folks, let's be real here. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot going on with Kappa, but at the end of the day, I think he's going to be safe. I think he's going to be fine, but still, he needs to play well on Saturday night. That is for sure. Outside of those two positions, you know, obviously the Bucks are set, so they're good to go. Now, so then we turn over to the special team side of things, 
And there is a starting position over there up for grab, and that's obviously the kick returner position. But right now, nobody's done anything to separate themselves outside of Jaden Mickens. And, you know, Jaden Mickens has his grasp on the position by default, which, you know, that's okay because he was a decent kick returner last year. Um, Can really use a step up in his punt return game. However, his kick return game is solid, so we are okay there. And, you know, he sure-handed it. He doesn't fumble Obviously, we saw that with Jalen Darden against the Titans on Saturday night. But anyway, he needs to have a good a good time in the in the say good time like it's a like it's a party or something. But he needs to perform well in his kick return duties. But honestly, I don't even know if he's going to get a chance because Bruce Arians said the other day during practice he knows what Jaden can do. He knows what Mick, as Bruce Arians called him, he knows what he can do in the kick return game. He wants to see what Scotty Miller can do. He wants to see more of Darden, and he specifically mentioned Arians did. He specifically mentioned Miller. So, you know, it, Mickens might not be on the field, but that's not a bad thing. That's not an indictment. That doesn't mean he's going to lose his spot. Uh, it just means that Arians wants another look at the other guys. Now, whether or not that translates into them succeeding and then them taking Mixon, Mickens' job, that's a whole nother ball game, folks. But, you know, right now, if you had to ask me, I think Jaden Mickens is going to be on this 53 Arian said that there's a potential to carry seven receivers. They carried seven receivers last year, uh, even though John Hurst was on the IR, the three-week IR to start the season. They did technically carry seven receivers. So, I mean, they'll make room if they need to. We'll find out for sure. But, like, let's get to the meat of the subject, the, the players that really need to play well, the guys that are fighting for these final roster spots. Arian said a few days ago that there are three or four guys still fighting for a spot. Now, obviously – we don't know how hard that number is, how hard that number is. Um, but either way, it still gives us kind of an idea of where the Bucks roster stands. So the first guys that come to mind are the three tight ends of Tanner Hudson, Cody McElroy, and Jarrell Adams. All three have you know shown up a little bit during the preseason. Obviously, Hudson has shown up. He is the team's leading receiver by a wide margin. However, Arians even said it himself the other day that it's not just about catching the ball. If you follow the Bucks, you know that Tanner Hudson shows up just about every single preseason, but he doesn't make the final roster, and that's because he's just not a complete rounded-out player. So, I mean, you've got Cody McElroy behind him who has played the most snaps out of any tight end, and he has just one catch for two yards on five targets. And then you got my boy Jarrell Adams, who I was just gushing over after the first week of camp. Uh, Didn't do anything special, but looked like just a solid player, and he is by far and away the better blocker of the three. However, he hasn't done anything, and he's even seen his snaps decrease over the last two games, which is obviously not good, and he's playing special teams at a minimal rate. So it doesn't look good for Jarrell. Uh, but either way, one of these three guys, they need to have a strong game. You would think the Bucks probably carry four tight ends on the roster, but at the same time, they're not going to give away a roster spot to someone who doesn't deserve it. There are plenty of other positions on this team that need fortification in terms of depth. And, you know, if you're carrying three tight ends, but those three tight ends are Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait going into the season – then you should feel pretty good. Now, the one thing that might make the Bucks carry four tight ends is if you look at all three of those guys, Gronk, OJ especially, there's an injury history there. And Cam Brait even started camp on the PUP. So just to have some kind of insurance, they might carry a fourth tight end, but odds are one of those guys are going to end up on the practice squad, if not two of those guys, and then the Bucks can just call them up. Because honestly, 
I don't think there are too many uh, teams in the league interested in Tanner Hudson, Cody McElroy, or Jarrell Adams. So now getting off those guys and moving on to the offensive line, Nick Leverett is that guy who needs to have a good game this week. He he was okay against the Titans. Wasn't very good against the Bengals playing tackle, but he looked decent against the Titans. Snapped the ball pretty well. There are a few snaps that were a little slow. But overall, Leverett, I think he's doing a good job. And right now, for me, he's got the lead to be that ninth offensive lineman. I think Sedarius Hudgerson would be that guy right now if he didn't tear his uh, his MCL. I think that's what it was. Either way, if he didn't tear his knee up, I think Sedarius Hutcherson would be in the running right now for the ninth spot. But Leverett, if with Robert Hainsey coming back to play in this game against the Texans, Leverett is most likely going to get shifted back to guard, which is his natural position. And if that does happen, that means he would play have played a preseason game at tackle, at center, and at guard. I mean, that right there is the definition of versatility. Bruce Arians loves versatility along the offensive line, and if he has a good game at guard, then I think he's a lock to make this roster, uh, just primarily off his versatility, but also he's shown tremendous improvement, so he's been playing pretty well. Going back to Mickens, he's a guy that's got to have a strong camp if he wants to be that seventh, or strong camp, a strong game against the Texans if he wants to be that seventh receiver. But However, with Mickens, there's one non-football factor that could determine his fate, and that's the two misdemeanor charges. I haven't heard any reporters ask about this, and it's a little surprising in my opinion. If I was down there, I would have asked this by now. Will the two misdemeanor charges that he caught out in California for having that gun in his car, will those play a role in determining whether he stays or goes? Because, and this probably isn't going to happen, but he could face up to a year in jail in, in the legal world misdemeanors you go for 11 what they call 1129 which is your jail sentence which means you're there for under a year but anything over a year applies to felony uh sentences so but either way mickens could spend a couple months in jail if the judge finds it worthy of this happening you know obviously that's probably not going to happen misdemeanor charges especially if it's your first um First off, there's a thing called pretrial diversion. Yeah, this just turned into a, a, a crime podcast all of a sudden. But there's a thing called a pretrial diversion where if you've never gotten in trouble, you can use that pretrial diversion to go ahead and essentially waive the, that charge. I don't know if it works for both charges, but it should work for at least one charge. Um, and then obviously he'll have to face the other charge and see what happens with it if it doesn't get waived as well. But either way, Highly, highly doubt there's going to be any jail time involved for Mickens. But, hey, it's California, and they do things differently out there. And I say that in a respectful way, not trying to get political. So let's not go down that road. But either way, it's going to be interesting to see. And that could definitely play a role in the Bucks' decision on whether to keep him or to put him back on the practice squad or just to waive him in general. Moving on from Mickens, going over to the defensive side of the ball. It's got to be Elijah Ponder on the outside. Dude has played really well in these two preseason games, defending the run, rushing the passer, dropping back in coverage from time to time, and he's playing special teams. So it's really impressive considering he played with his hand in the dirt in college, and he's dropped 27 pounds over this offseason in order to get used to his role, his new role, as outside linebacker on this team. So dropping 27 pounds, I mean, we hear about dudes dropping 5, 10, 15, but 27, I mean, that right there just shows he's got the dedication and the work ethic to make it happen. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Obviously, the Bucks love Cam Gill. You know, Bruce has mentioned him many a times this offseason, but his calf injury has left the door wide open for the, out, the fifth outside linebacker position. So 
Now, if the Bucs choose to carry five outside linebackers. But, you know, a strong showing against the Texans may force the Bucs to make ponder that guy. So, I'm definitely pulling for him. I liked him coming out of Cincinnati um, in my post-draft uh, write-up on the undrafted free agents. You know, I mentioned he should transfer to outside linebacker. And so far, it looks like it's working pretty well. Staking with the linebackers, but moving inside. Uh, Grant Stewart, K.J. Britt, and Joe Jones. All three of those guys are, as Arian said, three dogs fighting for one bone in terms of that fourth inside linebacker spot, possibly a fifth inside linebacker spot. Um, but all three guys have made plays throughout the preseason. Obviously, Joe Jones had the pick six against Cincy, which is arguably the best play of the preseason so far for the Bucs. Um, you got Grant Stewart, who had a great game against the Titans, came through with some tackles for loss and a sack. But then you got K.J. Britt, who just overall – He's been up and down, but in terms of flying to the ball, consistency, you know, we can debate consistency here, but he's been more consistent out of those three. Um, and Arian said that he's kind of separated himself a little bit the other day during practice, but if Stewart comes out and balls again this weekend and Britt just is kind of so-so and Jones doesn't do much, don't be shocked if Stewart jumps Britt, I mean, you know, it's a wide-open competition right now. Both these guys are draft picks. Joe Jones is obviously the veteran that was brought in during the offseason. But, hey, it's it's up for grabs. Like like Arian said, three dogs, one bone. And then, so that takes care of the front seven. Uh, moving to the backfield, the defensive backfield, there's really one guy. Antonio Hamilton has that cornerback five spot pretty much locked up. He has to have a really bad game in order to lose that. But Arians did mention something about, and this was really interesting, how the Bucks have plenty of inside guys, plenty of nickelbacks. Not the band, God forbid. Uh, but they have plenty of nickel corners out there who can play the position well when you look at Ross Cockrell, Sean Murphy bunting, um, and then even Carlson Davis from time to time. Jordan Whitehead can play inside, so can Antoine Winfield. And that's really Hamilton's spot. He needs to get better on the outside. So the Bucks are kind of looking for another outside guy because if you look at their roster, the only guys that can really play outside on a consistent basis are Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. Yes, obviously, Sean Murphy Bunting is the other outside corner when the Bucks are in base defense, but still, one of those guys go down, all of a sudden, you're really limited on the outside, and we know how important the perimeter is in the NFL. Look at me, I just went off and went on this whole tangent about Antonio Hamilton when I said he's, his spot's safe. But either way, I mean, it's, it, it, there could be a surprise at the fifth cornerback spot coming in uh, to final roster cuts, but I think it's Hamilton's job to lose, So, but we'll see how it goes from there. Anyways, the guy, though, that you know is really fighting for a spot in that defensive backfield is going to be Javon Hagan. Had a really flashy performance against the Bengals. Parlayed that into a pretty decent performance against the Titans. He didn't tip any interceptions to himself or make any plays in the backfield against Tennessee like he did against Cincinnati, but he was still pretty solid. Um, he tied the he tied for the team lead with six total tackles. He was consistently around the ball for most of the game. Granted, there were times where he was exposed or missed a read. That's to be expected even with the starters. I mean, you're going to get owned in the NFL from time to time. That's just the nature of the game. Uh, but it's really with Hagan, it's all about how many times those mistakes can be limited uh, against the Texans. I honestly don't think he has to have a world beater of a game on Saturday in order to make this roster. I think he just needs a solid performance, but one that is mistake-free. 
Make the correct reads. Get off your blocks. Don't commit penalties. Excel on special teams. Just do the little things. Show an understanding of this defense. And everything should be fine at the end of the day. But be mindful of fellow safety Chris Cooper, who caught Arian's attention after the Titans game. Uh, he said that Cooper showed up a little bit on special teams, and that was a nice thing to see. And then he ended that with everybody else is pretty much what I thought they were. So Cooper might be on the rise a little bit. So he should get some extended playing time in this game. Obviously, he'll he'll get some more looks on special teams. But at the end of the day, um, if anybody's got the the job to lose in terms of four safety spot, it's Javon Hagan. It's just if the Bucks feel like they need to carry four safeties. And Arians has mentioned several times, Who's going to win that fourth or fifth safety spot, blah, 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 blah. So it really feels like the Bucs are going to carry four safeties despite what Ross Cockrell has done uh, over training camp and during the preseason in terms of playing the backup safety role. And playing it well. Very well, I might add. So those are the 10 guys. Yeah, that was 10 players we ran through. Actually, 11, consider, <laughs> counting uh, Antonio Hamilton. But those are the guys to really keep an eye on. Um, on Saturday night against the Texans in terms of players who are trying to make this roster. Watching the starters will be fun, but obviously there won't be much to glean from that in terms of roster uh, manipulation or roster construction, rather. That's a way better phrase. So we know what's going to happen with the starters, but in terms of the second half, if the starters aren't playing in that third quarter, those are the guys to keep an eye on uh, who are fighting for for their lives when it comes to making this team. We're starting to get down to the final minutes of this episode, uh, even though I would love to talk to y'all forever and probably could, honestly. I can talk to a wall just for days by myself. But before we head out, I'll give you a few things to actually watch for, not players, but just you know uh, aspects of the game to watch uh, this weekend and to kind of keep your eye on and you know also see how everything develops and plays out. And the first thing is, and a lot of y'all are probably going to laugh when you hear this, but don't underestimate this Texans defense coming into this game. Granted, it's the preseason, yes. And the Texans had literally one of the worst defenses last year. And now they have Lovey Smith running the defense, which his reputation around the Tampa Bay area isn't that great. So, of course, people are going to kind of you know, take it on on the negative side when it comes to him and what he can do automatically. And his reputation around the NFL really isn't even that great as well. Um, as a talking like as a defensive coordinator, not as a human being. Um, and he's the one who's running the Texans defense right now. But so far through two preseason games, the defense has compiled seven turnovers and seven sacks. The unit is allowing around 11 points per game. Now, granted, they've played guys like Jordan Love, Kurt Benkert, Ben DiNucci, Garrett Gilbert, and others, so the competition hasn't been top-notch. However, you can only play who's in front of you, and so far the Texans have fared well against lesser opponents. Let's just put it this way. The Texans' defense has many touchdowns as the Bucks' offense won. So, uh, and the, the Bucks' offense is also responsible for just two more total points. They've scored nine points this preseason. I'm not counting the two-point conversion against the Bengals. Then the Texans have sacks or turnovers. Like I said, they have seven sacks, seven turnovers through two games. The Bucks have nine points. So, I mean, the Texans' defense is producing in terms of a defense. So, don't count this team out. Now, are they ready to go up against one of the best offenses in the league in terms because, you know, obviously they're going to be playing the starters, the Bucks starters? I'm not sure. But I do know one thing. Don't be surprised if the Texans get the best of the Bucks' offense a few times on Saturday. And speaking of offense – is there going to be any offense in this game at all from either side? I mean, yes, the Texans are putting up 23 points per game, 
but there are some really glaring issues that stand out on their side of the ball. It all starts with the passing game. The Bucks corners this week should feast. I mean, you've got a couple of decent receivers. You got Brandon Cooks. Um, that's really about it. But either way, you've got Brandon Cooks and you've got a bad quarterback, no matter who is behind center. Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills, Jeff Driscoll. Um, this there sh- there should be no plays made in the Texans passing game. Those three guys have combined to complete 52.7 of their passes for 280 net passing yards and one interception. They haven't thrown a touchdown yet. So the the Texans passing game is just bad right now. And that's probably why they have 20 running backs on their roster and 20 starting caliber or at least can play, you know, significant snaps in the NFL running backs on their roster. And honestly, their offensive line isn't even that good. So the offense is just not in good shape in terms of the Texans. They've even struggled on third down, completing just 25% of their attempts. That includes a dreadful zero. That is right, zero for 10 showing against the Cowboys in the second week of the preseason. Both teams, the Bucks and the Cowboys, have struggled in the red zone. The Bucks have been inside an opponent's 26 total times, so have the Texans. And both teams are currently sitting at a 33% touchdown conversion rate. That ain't good, folks, especially when you look at the Bucks. Now, granted, this is the 2020 season. We're comparing it to the preseason. But Tampa Bay scored touchdowns in the red zone at over a 90% clip last year in 2020. So that's obviously a major step back. Penalties have been an issue. Bucks averaged 6.5. Texans averaged around 5. And then lastly, both teams have just struggled to move the ball in general, um, not including drives that have started inside an opponent's 25. The Bucks have just eight drives through two games that have gone for 25 yards or more, and the Texans have nine. That's just that's that's not good. I mean, you're you're not going to get many points on the board whenever you're not moving the ball. The Texans have been able to score because of their turnovers. A few of their turnovers have given them really good uh, starting field position. But outside of that, I mean, there ain't much going on in terms of offense. So now a good showing from the starters in terms of the Bucks will wash this away. But at the same time, don't be too shocked if there aren't many points on the board when it's all said and done. A lot of these offensive issues for the Bucks center around them not being able to run the ball worth a damn. I mean, especially whenever you're playing your backup quarterbacks like Ryan Griffin and Kyle Trask, if they don't have a running game to rely on, they're not going to do much. And so far, that's been the case. And I mean, look, it's the preseason, but the Bucks' ground game through two games has been simply pathetic. I don't care if it's preseason. It has been pathetic. When you take out quarterback rushing totals, the Bucks running backs have ran the ball combined 26 times for 48 total yards. That's an average of 1.85 yards per carry. I mean, it reminds me of the old Bucks preseason games where they couldn't run through a wall made of water. I mean, and also regular season games as well. It's just rekindling all these memories, and it just has been an absolute disaster when they try to run the ball. Now, granted, they've been hit hard in terms of depth on the offensive line. Just about every backup has missed time due to an injury or a personal issue. I mean, that's big because the backups obviously play more during the preseason. But still, at the same time, the Bucks ran the ball three times for just two yards during the starting offense's only drive against the Bengals. That's obviously a small sample size. You can't base anything off of that. But still, 
a .0.66 yards per carry average is not something you want to see. I mean, my God. Please, Bucks, get the running game going this week. 15 carries for 60 yards, and I'll be happy. So just, just hit that line, and we're good to go. One big story coming in this weekend is definitely Jose Borgales. Or Borgales, you know, I would assume it's Borgales, sorry. If I was better at my job, I would know how to pronounce his name correctly right off the top. But, I mean, Ryan Suckup, obviously on the reserve COVID-19 list after contracting the virus during a friendly dinner. Um, that leaves the kicking job in Borgales' hands, or his feet. Uh, Borgales has had a strong camp. Here's his chance to strut his stuff during a game, you know, and – Arian says he wants to keep two kickers on the roster, or sorry, keep one kicker on the roster, one on the practice squad, so keep two kickers on the team uh, because of COVID-19, and we're seeing that play out exactly like Arian's, you know, says right in front of our eyes, um, but he's not going to be on this team if he has a good night against the Texans, especially if he boots one or two 50-yarders, you know, a couple of long-distance kicks. Uh, somebody's going to pick him up on the practice squad. I'm thinking the Tennessee Titans because they're having kicker issues right now. Um, somebody's going to get him because kickers are good kickers are a dime a dozen in this league. And if you can get a guy who's young and gets off on a good start when he's young and, you know, 12, 15 year veteran, Hey, you know, that, that really makes a difference. I mean, Bucks fans know how much a good or bad kicker can help your team. I mean, probably more than anybody in the league. And then lastly, this, you know, this doesn't really have anything to do with the Bucks, um, but will Deshaun Watson play in this game? Uh, head coach, Texans head coach, David Coley, wouldn't comment a few weeks ago on whether or not Watson will play during the preseason. So far, he hasn't taken a single snap. Not entirely sure if his legal issues are playing a role in this, but I would venture to say they are. That's obviously speculation. But if that's the case, I wouldn't expect his playing status to change, especially since the FBI the Federal Bureau of Investigation has recently entered the fold and is taking a look at just all these crazy sexual uh, assault, you know, sexual misconduct claims that have surrounded Watson over these last however many months. It'll be interesting if he does come out. I will be excited if he does come out because I want to see him and Tom Brady face off, even if it is just a preseason game. And obviously they'll both get a decent amount of playing time. But that's obviously something that, you know, we won't have any idea of what's happening until Saturday night. One thing I do have a great idea of or a great expectation of is the end of this podcast. <laughs> that will wrap it up for this show. Uh, I might do an instant reactions after the Texans game. It just depends on how badly things go uh, or, you know, if they go really, really well. But regardless, I'll be back next week, obviously, uh, talk some fantasy as we enter the final weekend before the regular season starts. God, it's so crazy to think that the, the regular season is now less than two weeks away, but I'll have a special guest on from one of the Believe podcasts uh, called the Candlestick Kids. Uh, it's a great fantasy podcast. Y'all should check it out, but we're going to be talking some fantasy football as it pertains to the Bucks. We'll get you ready for your, for your fantasy draft if you haven't drafted already, which if you've drafted already, sorry, but that's just so dumb. I don't understand why people hold fantasy drafts before the final game of the preseason where or not the final game but the the game where the starters are going to play the most amount of snaps because anything can happen and god forbid you take somebody in the first round and you know they play just six snaps but they snap their ankle during one of those six snaps um, but either way we'll be back next week we'll be talking some fantasy and then obviously after that it'll be time to start getting ready for the dallas 
freaking Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, there goes my terrible 80s uh, impersonation. Yeah, so sorry about that. But either way, everyone, uh, be sure to check me out on Twitter at Evan underscore Winter. You can find my written work on BucksReport.com. Uh, be sure to check out all the awesome podcasts on Believe.com and on Believe Podcast. That's the Twitter handle. I can't wait to see how everything turns out Saturday night. Thank you all very much for listening. And, of course, until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, and go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.